Hallelujah. Yeah, you can sit back down. Don't lose the presence and the sense of worship in your hearts. Because you know before anything else that we say or anything else that we do, God wants our worship. Do you know that? And it's out of our worship that we do. Yeah? Not the other way round. Not the other way round. I'm so glad it's that way round. But sometimes we forget it's that way round. He wants our worship. He wants our hearts. He wants you and he wants me. Oh, bless his name. God is good. So, I said to Rob a few days ago, I know I've got the word. No, know where I'm going now. Sat down last night to do it. The Holy Spirit started to say something else to me. Every week. Every week. Every week it happens that he, he wants to... I'm just so sensing his spirit as, 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 we, as we come to the word, as we, as we come together, that there's more. Yeah? That there's more. Um, and John, it's John's fault. John brilliantly on Monday night um, brought the final saying of Jesus on the cross. And it was a cry of victory. It is finished. Yeah? Amen. That cry of victory, it is finished. Um, and, and as I say, John brought so much from that. He taught us so much. And um, I just felt the Spirit of God talking to me. And I thought, this is good. This is good. Do you know that? That when you hear a word in this house that we should be carrying that on? It's not just for the, the Sunday or the Monday or the Wednesday. We should be carrying that on in our lives. We should be looking. We should be asking the Spirit of God. And, and sometimes without even asking, <laughs> he starts to open up his word to our hearts. And for those that weren't in, just as a reminder, because it's going to take us tonight where I believe the Spirit of God was speaking to me about. And it's not, it's not going to take anything away from what John said. Actually, what I felt the Spirit of God saying to me was, and how are you going to outwork that? How's that being outworked in your life? Jesus died on the cross and he said it is finished. But what does that mean to me today? That's where I'm coming from. What does that mean to me today? That, that is amazing and it happened and it's history and it's awesome. But what is it saying to my heart now? And I do that. I do that with the word of God. What's it saying to me now? And, and John so brilliantly brought together how, how the old is in the new revealed. No, the old is in, yeah, the new is in the old concealed. Because Jesus is in the middle. Yeah? And, and it's true. The word of God is just so amazing. And I felt as I was preparing this, in fact, I came back to it tonight and I had to put it back down because there's so much more. There's so much more that he, than even what John brought us, even what I sense the Spirit saying. And I felt I had to stop. Do you ever feel like that when you prepare the word? You've got to stop because you can just go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And that's the Spirit of God because it's just so amazing. This book is just so amazing you know it's just incredible the word of truth is just do you want to come in Irish you can come in the circle you haven't got to stay on the outside come in sweetheart I know you're late but you're forgiven <laughs> come and join us and so we talked about Monday night that John shared that final, those final words, if you like, the cry of victory, it is finished. It's the work of redemption had been completed, yeah? Once and for all, it was the consummation of the mission of God, the mission of Jesus, yeah? 
And, and, and the word means accomplished, discharged, performed, breaking loose, prison doors springing open, discharged. And today our salvation is forever secure. Yeah, forever secure. Um, the prophecies of scripture were brought to completion in the cross. We looked at that in the old, didn't we? How it was, how it was coming. The judgment of, judgment of sin Complete forgiveness of sin was made available through the shedding of the blood. And as I was looking at this again, I thought the resurrection sealed the deal. Yeah, the resurrection sealed the deal for you and me today and for the whosoever. And, and I loved how um, John went to the Greek, my favorite thing to do. And that word, it is finished, comes from the Greek word, I practiced this and now I can't say it. It's hard, isn't it, John? Go on, you te teta, that's it, tetelestai. Yeah, we agree. But it's an action word, yeah? And it comes full of meaning and it covers all the things I've just said about um, it means that the work is completely done. Everything is accomplished. Everything is completed. The accomplishment of great success in completing and finishing a task. That's what Jesus did for us on the cross. It all came together in that accomplishment. And the merchants in the marketplace, they said in their dealings, a debt, they would say, had been completely paid in full. That's what Jesus did for us. He completely paid our debt in full as he died on the cross. So it was something really amazing that is took place. And that's why it's a cry of victory when Jesus says it's finished. Yeah, it was a victory cry. That horrible, awful suffering. You know, none of us will ever suffer like Jesus did. Yet when we walk through stuff, we suffer. But it's not to the extent of the suffering of Jesus. And he had a cry of victory through that suffering, through that pain. It was a victorious cry. It is finished. Yeah? It's amazing, isn't it? You know, we walk through things and it hurts. Jesus says it's finished. It was a victorious cry. And that alone is amazing. And then he rose from the dead and he demonstrated that he was Lord over sin and death and the grave. Amen. And we've got, through the resurrection, the hope of eternal life. We can confidently trust a risen saviour. We've been forgiven because of the cross. I want to say to you tonight, the work really is finished. But what does that mean to you and me today? You see, it's our very foundation. Yeah? It's what everything in our Christian life must be built upon. Yeah? And we keep building upon. And we keep building upon brick upon brick. Our salvation is forever secure. And for you and me to live a victorious life as a believer, this is the bit. We've got to finish the race. Yeah? Yeah, we've got to finish the race. And we've got to finish strong with God Honor, God's honour and God's glory. But I've got to decide that, haven't I? I've got to decide how I'm going to run my race. I can't run your race for you. You can't run my race for me. I've got to choose how I'm going to run my race. Always. I've got to choose. I've got to choose if I'm going to partner with God in every situation. Am I going to choose to believe in him? Am I going to choose to love him? Am I going to live my daily life honouring him? Yeah? Am I going to do that? And interestingly, John brought this... Um, this word to us on Monday night about it being finished, and I'm linking it to the race, you know, of what I believe God has opened up to me. The day before was the marathon. 
You know, the Christian life is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Yeah? The Christian life is a marathon. And to finish what we've started sometimes will exhaust us. Did you see the last one in on the marathon? Yeah? I mean... All credit to that man. He did it. 19 hours. Yeah, 19 hours. That's right, Mo, it was. And guess what? He raised his hands ever so slowly, but he raised his hands. There was victory. There was victory. There was victory. And sometimes it feels like that in our day-to-day living, doesn't it? How am I ever going to raise my hands in victory walking through this stuff? And we know when we've talked often about the fact that we've got an enemy who's got a purpose. He wants to steal, kill and destroy. And that's it. That's the three things. Yeah. He wants to kill, steal and destroy. And he means it. But God's got a purpose. Amen. And it's that you and me live our lives in all its fullness. That's what the word says. Yeah? And if we're to finish well, we've got to understand something about the purpose of God in our individual lives. You've got to know for yourself that God has a purpose for your life. Yeah? It's an individual something that we've got to find. Because I want to tell you, God wants us to finish with as much strength and fervor and excitement and energy and passion as when we started. And do you know, there are people, when you've lived longer than others, (laughs) I know lots of people who've started. They're not on the journey anymore. Because it's a marathon. The cares of this world, world, the suffering of this world, the disappointments of the world, the disillusionments in some people's lives have, have just took them out. They've chosen, I can't do this. I can't hack this. So it's took them out. Sad to say. And not just, not just within the church, within the body, but leaders. I've seen leaders took out. Took out. You see, it is a choice. We have to decide in that moment, in that time of suffering and pain and mystery and not understanding, we get to choose. You see, that's where we find out what we're made of. That's where we know whether we got faith. But I don't feel I can. No. Jesus didn't say to me I would feel I could. He says to me, have you got the faith? Will you choose? Will it be a decision of your will that actually I'm going to go forward because actually I've got no place else to go and I've got to keep moving forward and I've got to keep doing the will of God and I've got to keep my face focused on him. I've got to do that. And it says, and I'm going to just read this to you. Um... I'm not. Wrong one. I put all these yellow stickers and still can't find my way around. Look. Therefore, also, Hebrews chapter 12, 1 to 3. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. That doesn't say to me that this is going to be easy. That talks about laying aside. That talks about enduring. (laughs) And there's only one way that we can do it. And it's got to be looking unto Jesus. Yeah? Looking unto Jesus who on the cross, when he had gone through everything that he had gone through and was still going through, raised himself up and said, it is finished. It was a cry of victory. Amen? 
looking unto Jesus, the only one that we can look unto is him. Looking unto Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. Yeah, he's the beginning and he's the end. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You see how his cry of victory included you and me in every way. It included our salvation, yeah? It included the forgiveness of sins, all of that, all of those things. But, but it also includes the fact that he knows we've got to run a race now, yeah? And we've got to run that race with endurance, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured. I can't take another step, God. Look to Jesus. You did it, Lord. You did it, Lord. That means I can do it. You did it for me, Lord Jesus. That means I can do it. I've got to look to you, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And he endured so much hostility, discouragement, so, so much, so many things that we give up and walk away. Somebody's only got to look at us a bit funny and we think, well, da-da-da. Yeah? I want to tell you, there is victory tonight for us. But the victory, we've got to finish our race. But unless we, unless we understand something about victory on the journey, we're not going to finish the race, are we? Yeah? We've got to understand something about the victory that Jesus is talking about. Otherwise, we're going to get worn out. Yeah? We're going to get discouraged. We're going to get blown around. We're going to... All of those things. Now's not the time to quit. Yeah? God wants us to finish with excellence. It's not a word we use very often, but I really believe that what God wants us to do in our lives, you and me, he wants us not just to do it well, he wants us to do it with excellence. I really believe that. He wants us to live well for him, excellently, so that the excellency of God will be shown through our lives. Don't quit. We talked about the marathon runner. I read this story um, that there was a man from an African country many years ago and he had a dream of one day being in the Olympics in Atlanta. Um, he was a marathon runner and he was the very first athlete from his country. And he said at the end, and when I ran... I ran for them. I ran for the ones that sent me here. They sent me not only to start the race, but to finish the race. And it says he crossed the line with his hands raised high in victory. I want to tell you tonight, your eternal salvation is secure. It's sealed. Yeah? But now we're running for others. You want to know how to pray? You run for others. You run for all those that are on the sidelines, whether that's family, whether that's friends, it doesn't matter who, whoever God calls you to, you run and you keep running your race because you're doing it for others. Your salvation is secure. My salvation is secure. But I'm running for others. And you've got to keep running for your family. Yeah? They watch how you are. They watch, they watch how you are in a crisis. They watch how you respond when there's a, a, um, an upset. They watch you. Are you running for Jesus with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your might? Because I want to tell you, we've got to be like that African, that African man who said, I'm not just running for me, I'm running. I'm running for the others. Because he represented that little small part of the country of Africa. And he said, and I'm running for all of them. 
when Jesus truly, truly shows our hearts what he meant when he says it's finished, we'll run for Jesus. We'll run with all our strength, with all our might, and we'll get up, and we'll get up again, and we'll get up again, and we'll get up again because we will keep running for them. Who are the them in your lives? You've got to answer that because we've all got them. Yeah? We've all got them. And they want to see our victory. Sometimes it might upset them, they may not like it, but they're looking. I remember before I became a believer, I was looking. And I'd look at those around me. And I'd look at how they were living. And I always remember thinking, I want what they've got. I was one of the them. Yeah? We've got people that are watching. In the face of injustice, do you pray for your enemies? When conflict occurs, do we speak peace and reconciliation? Because that's what the word says. We are, we are to be like Jesus. And we are to speak reconciliation. It's not our business to sort out right and wrong, but it is our business to reconcile and to speak words of reconciliation. Yeah? In our families, in our neighbourhood, in our workplaces. Who's right and who's wrong matters not. What matters is, are we reconcilers of the truth? Are we sharing and speaking peace into every situation? That's running your race. Jesus knew how to finish well. You see, Jesus wasn't disillusioned by evil and suffering. It touched his heart, of course it did. But it didn't make him back off, did it? He didn't walk away, he didn't turn a blind eye. And Paul talks a lot about the finish line. <laughs> you see, because of the culture of the church, generally worldwide, we, we, we very much have made God like this Father Christmas. Sadly. And, and, and what I've seen happen is when people then are faced with suffering, they don't get it. Their heads can't cope with it. They don't understand it. Because Father Christmas hasn't... Yeah? Do you know what I'm saying? I, I'm saying this because I had to learn this myself. I had to come to understand something. That these two tangents, my God who is miraculous and amazing and awesome and is able sometimes doesn't, sometimes doesn't. And we must make sure we teach the truth of God's word, the whole of it, all of it. And there's nothing quite like the cross to get you focused. There's nothing like the cross to bring you back. Yeah? There's nothing like looking at Jesus. That's what it means when it says looking unto Jesus. Look at what he went through. Look at how he suffered. And look at how he gave and he gave and he gave again. And he still went there for us. You see, everything we receive from God this side of heaven is to encourage us and cheer us on. You know God's your biggest cheerleader, don't you? He's cheering us on the whole time and he's wanting us to walk in victory. And if we didn't have those victories and didn't understand about those victories, then actually it would be really tough to keep going, wouldn't it? So we've got to be having those victories. Do you know there are some things in your life and in my life that we've got to start saying in the, in the spiritual realm, that's it, it's finished, enough's enough. There are times when the Spirit of God will lead us that way. If there's been long-standing situations that are not changing. Yeah? 
If there are things that we want to see a breakthrough in, it's the same victory cry because the victory cry says, in the Greek it means that it opened prison doors and it set the captives free. So we can do that, can't we? Yeah? There are some things that we've got to be given a victory cry over. Sometimes Jesus, I believe by his spirit, does say that to my heart. Stop praying after you've prayed it 200 times. Now it's time to declare. Now it's time to say there's victory. You see, when Jesus shouted it, well, he probably didn't shout it that loud because he didn't have much strength, did he? But he cried it out from his heart. He cried, it is finished. It meant all of the things that we talked about. But we hadn't seen the victory of it then. Yeah? The resurrection revealed that everything he'd said, yeah? So sometimes we've got to be saying, that's it, that's enough. This is finished. This is, this is in Jesus' name I am saying that there's victory in this, that we're going to come through to the other side and I'm going to declare that victory. The Bible te- teaches us that there are rewards for finishing well but we've got to be honest as well and you're going to say oh she's a right cheerful one tonight but on this side of the finish line there are hurdles there are collisions there are snares yeah this side of heaven that's what we've got to walk through but with Jesus we can do it but i I'd be lying to you if sometimes I didn't say it's exhausting. Yeah? And sometimes it is. And we've got to know where our help comes from. And I said it earlier, God has not promised that every sickness will be healed. That every Christian will be wealthy and happy. But those rewards are going to be all there for us on the other side. But in the meantime, we keep going and we keep trusting in the God who is able. And, you, and you'd think that what I'm saying makes, will make you say, oh, 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 it's me, I'm in faith for this. And, oh. But actually, when your foundation has been built on the rock and you've seen the cross, and you've seen Jesus. You know, I've known people that have had pictures of the cross. I think you did once, didn't you? There was, there was a time in Rob's life and you just saw the foot of the cross, didn't you? And, and, and you think, well, well, what did that do? But in Rob's heart, in, in his spirit, as he was coming before God, God revealed to him something. And he will reveal to our hearts something of the cross that becomes a treasure to us. And special to us, yeah? And as we, as we walk this life and run our race, we learn to carry two tangents. We learn to praise and magnify the one who is able, the God of miracles, the one who is awesome, yeah? But we still learn in the valley, in the suffering, to give praise to the one who is able, the one who is awesome, and the one... Do you get my drift? Because that's the tangent that we carry. You see, Jesus on the cross prayed for others. Forgave others on the cross. Cared for his mother on the cross. And actually did all the things God expected him to do. On the cross. Wow. But the word talks about the fact that we're fighting a good fight. Yeah? And it's the fight of faith sometimes. And that we've got to keep focused on the eternal. And it says in... um, I fought the good fight in Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy. Timothy chapter 4. I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race and I've kept the faith. This was Paul. 
Finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not just to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. He knew that that crown was being prepared for him. I want to say to you tonight, whatever you're doing, whatever your purpose is, and that sometimes gets revealed as you walk along, as you run along in this race, but do it well. The Bible talks again and again about excellence and doing it well. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, he finished. When he said it's finished, he finished the destiny, the work that God had prepared for him to do on this earth. Yeah? And that's what God wants for you and me. Yeah? That with excellence, through thick and thin, we will finish. I said we're walking a marathon. But I want to tell you, Jesus is the greatest finisher the world has ever seen. Yeah? He's the greatest finisher the world has ever seen. No wonder we're exhorted to look unto Jesus. Because he's our example. In, a, in attitude? Wow, it's a big one, isn't it? Jesus is our example in attitude, in, in handling emotions. Everything that Jesus did was measured and considerate, thinking of others, even right down to his emotions. How to deal with our thoughts. He teaches us how to keep giving keep denying, keep sacrificing, and how to stay focused. It's the only way that will stop us from becoming weary. As Jesus is our focus more and more and more, because otherwise we will want to give up. It talks a lot about perseverance in the Bible. Something that we do need. Blessed is the man that perseveres under trial and endures temptation. Because when he's approved, that tells me we've got to prove ourselves. Not to one another, but God's looking. When he showed himself as approved, he got the crown. Yeah? So it is saying that Jesus is expecting us to do all these things. But today's a new day, and it's a new opportunity. Let me tell you another story, again, about, in, this was, eight, no, 1986. This was the New York City Marathon. There were 20,000 runners. And what is memorable about this day isn't who won. Again, it was who finished last. And it was a man called Bob Wyland. He finished 19,413th. That's what I read this. He completed the marathon in four days, two hours, 47 minutes and 17 seconds. He is the slowest marathon runner in history. Bob ran with his arms. Because 17 years earlier in Vietnam, Bob's legs were blown off in battle. He sits on a fifth, or he did, he sits on a 15 pound saddle and he covers his fists with pads. He uses his arms to catapult himself forward one arm length at a time. He can run a mile in an hour. That's real endurance. Wow. Wow. But I want to tell, tell you tonight that these examples in the Bible for us, which if we're honest, we'd, we, we'd sooner pass over. Because they challenge our hearts, don't they? 
They challenge our hearts in the place of suffering. They challenge our hearts in the place of of difficulty. They challenge our hearts when others are putting us down. They challenge our hearts when we're being falsely accused. They challenge our hearts because we don't like how it makes us feel and we don't want to face it. But if we are to run our race well, then God is looking for excellence not just on the good days, but on the days when it is costing us everything. Everything. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for a victory shout in our lives on the day-to-day basis. And it might be a very feeble cry, just like Jesus, but Jesus cried it. He said, it's finished. Because in that sentence was all of what John brought us on Monday night. And there's more besides. I've had to stop. There's so much more besides. I want to tell you something tonight to encourage your hearts. Philippians chapter 1 in verse 6. Being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He is the one who will complete it. But we've got to turn to him. We've got to choose. Yeah? And the two choices we have in any given situation and in the marathon that we are running that will one day cause us to cross the line And be in the presence of Jesus. We've got two choices. We can either finish or we can finish well. And finishing well brings glory and honor to his name. He is faithful to finish the good work he started in you. So you've got to keep believing. You've got to keep seeking. You've got to keep hoping. You've got to keep praying. You've got to keep praising. God shows up in all of the unexpected ways. We've got to keep doing it. Because you see, we've got a load of witnesses around us that are watching how we're running our race. The ones you're praying for. The biggest thing you can do for them is to live like Jesus. Because they'll look and they'll see and they'll ask at some point. And I want to tell you tonight, if you keep focusing on Jesus, you are winning. You are overcoming. You are rising above the challenge. You are beating the odds and you're coming out strong. Yeah? Because what the enemy meant for evil, yeah, will by the grace of God, turn out to be your testimony. It's the truth. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in the lives of you. I've seen it in the lives of the wider church. I've seen it again and again and again that that which should have took us out, yeah, to the believer has raised them up with a testimony of God's glory and God's grace. I want to tell you it's powerful stuff. And you know, I want to tell you tonight that what you're going through is going to turn out for your good. Well, how can any of this be good? I've had some not nice things in my own life. And I've never, through a time of of struggle at different times, saw any good. Couldn't see it. But I want to tell you today, for the stuff that's back there, God has brought good. Again and again and again and again and again. Because I'm kept by his power. And so are you. And so are you. Because your good is to God's glory. It will bring glory to his name. And we cannot see that. How could this bring glory to God's name when it feels bad and it is bad and it looks bad? But I want to tell you that's what God does. He turns it around somehow and in some way and he does the unexpected and he brings glory. But I've got to keep looking to him. 
And do you know what? God will give you a song. From the very thing that Satan meant for sorrow. Yeah? He'll give you a song in your heart. And he'll give you a voice. Because we're running for them. We're running for them. I've got unsafe family. I'm running for them. Yeah? You've got unsafe family in this room. Are you running for them? Because they're looking. They're looking. They may not always say much. They may say nothing at all. But we've got to be running for them because they're watching. They're watching how you're going to respond when it's tough, when it's hard. They're looking to see. They may not even realize they're looking. But they will. And if they're looking to trip you up, well, praise God for that as well. Because they took on God. You're the apple of his eye. Yeah? Keep running for Jesus. You never know. You never know when there might be a situation that you can speak and you can talk, you know, and you can share something of Jesus. You could be anywhere doing anything and all of a sudden an opportunity arises and you think I'm in the middle of this place and it's the least likely place, but it's the marketplace. And I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus. And that's just what Jesus would have done. That's just what Jesus would have done. I've told you before, I go swimming. Sarah was with me the other week, and this same lady comes to me, oh, Wendy, I do need your prayers. She's a Christian. I do need your prayers. In the middle of the swimming pool, so we stopped and we talked to her, and we had to keep going like this, me and Sarah in the water, because we was freezing. <laughs> and, she, and she was talking, and she said, I just need you to pray for me. Now I've got this going on. So I said, okay, we'll do it now. In the swimming pool, in the marketplace. Was it mother? She needed prayer. She was, she was upset. See, it's so easy to say, I'll pray for you and walk away. That's easy. I've done that. But actually, that lady needed something then and there in that moment in the swimming pool. Jesus would have done that. I'm not promoting myself in this. What I'm saying to you is that's how he wants us to live in the marketplace. You know, as a church, you should all, we should all be having far more opportunities out there than ever in here. This church has plenty of opportunity to be encouraged, built up, to move out and do what God's asked us to do. Yeah? We, we're stuffed full. I want to tell you, we're stuffed full. What are you doing with your stuffing? Yeah? We are stuffed full. And if you recognize that you're stuffed full, when an opportunity comes your way, you can't help but by the Spirit of God say, okay, let's do that now. That's what prayer is all about. Yeah? But you don't do that. We won't do that until we've nailed the fact that our foundation... Our rock on which we build is Jesus. And he gave that cry of victory, it is finished, on the cross, that we might now walk or run our race, yeah, with endurance. And we have victories on the way. And there are some things that we have to start declaring and saying, no, this, this is finished, this, this is going to change. And you may not see a change for six days or six years I don't know but we need to be declaring that our God that our God has given us has shown us something that we are going to stand for we are going to keep believing for we are going to trust him for we are going in there against all the odds but at the same time we carry the tangent of, of living in a world full of sin and because of that sin bad things happen Sickness is in the world. Disease, you know, you name it, all manner of evil, more and more evil than, than, than you can ever know. And, 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 but God has placed us 
in the kingdom for such a time as this. That we'll keep running, that we'll keep enduring. And as we do that, his glory rests upon you and me. It does. It really, really, really does. It rests upon our hearts and upon our lives. And it says, and we, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory. This is in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah? And the victory is so precious. And it usually comes after a battle, doesn't it? Yeah? Victory, you know, that is what it means. It comes after a difficult time, but thanks be to God. If you're struggling, if you're in a hard place, I want you to start saying that, thanks be to God, because I know you're going to give me victory in this. I know you're for me. I know you're not against me. I know that you are working all things together for good. I know that you've begun a good work in me, and you're going to bring it to completion, and I'm going to worship you, you see, because doing that, that's a form of worship. Yeah? And the hardest place to worship is, is when we don't understand and we don't know. And I always remember the song that, that, that the Lord gave to us at a time in our lives when everything felt so hopeless because he lives. I can face tomorrow. No answers. Because he lives, all fear is gone. And he started to take my fear and it started to go. Because I know, I don't know much else at the moment, Lord. But I know you hold the future. And you know what? It's absolutely true. Life was worth the living. Just because he lived. Yeah? Just because he lived. It became, became my daily mantra. When I didn't know and I couldn't see and I didn't understand, I knew that because Jesus lived, it was going to be okay. It had to be okay. It couldn't not be okay. And I was a baby Christian. But I knew that by the Spirit of God. And it's still something I'll sing today. I don't understand, I don't know, I can't see what this means. But because you live, Jesus, I can face tomorrow. And I often use it because it was when Jesus taught it to me. And I will often use it now in pastoral situations. So you see, most of our, our, our anxiety and our fear comes from worrying about what's going to happen. Yeah? True? Jesus never wanted us to live that way. And he taught me it as an early Christian. And he really did show this to my heart. doesn't mean to say I never worry. And it doesn't mean to say that sometimes I get it wrong. Because I do. <laughs> but I very quickly come back now. And be reminded. Because you see, Jesus said, don't give any thought for tomorrow. Because my grace is sufficient for today. Because he knows we can only cope with today. Yeah? So if we can cope with today, and I've said this to grieving people, because at the time I was grieving when Jesus gave it to me, when he showed me the beauty of that song. And it was true. Because at the end of each day, I'd look back on that day and thought, I've got through it. And when tomorrow came, okay, I'll just focus on today. And by the end of that day, I've got through that day. But when I started worrying about six months a year, that time, this time, the other time, I couldn't cope. I lost it. Focus on Jesus because he lives. I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know. And you've got to know that you know that you know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. But it's based in our, you know, it talks, doesn't it, about the wise man and the foolish man who built his house upon, it, that's, we've got to be so planted. We've got to be so planted in the good soil 
with our feet on the rock, knowing that Jesus is the anchor for our soul. And as we know that and keep our focus on him, then we can be strong and of good courage and not be afraid and not be dismayed, knowing that God is with us wherever we go. Do you know the minute that Jesus said, it is finished, heaven rejoiced, amen, and hell trembled. I read that and I liked that because Satan realized he was forever defeated. Yeah, not even he, and he tried, didn't he? He tried to stop Jesus, but not even he could prevent Jesus from saying, it is finished. It was a cry of victory. And today, we got to know from the depths of our hearts that we've got a cry of victory by the, by, by, by the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. And that power of victory can be spoken and declared into our own lives and those that we're believing for. Yeah? Don't become disillusioned. In this day that we're living in, it's easy to do that. There's so much around us. Yet in the world, there's so much, so many awful things I hear about happening. You know, things that we never experienced as children in schools. Terrible things. And you think, God, the depravity, the evilness of this world. Protect our children, Lord. Yeah? Protect them. They're being influenced by so many things. Um, but I want to say to you that <laughs> they're looking to you. They're looking at how we run. Yeah? They're looking at how we manage sometimes some of the same things that they are walking through. They're looking at how we run. Them. We've all got them, haven't we? Yeah? So tonight, before we go, we're going to, we're just going to spend some time in prayer and, and, you might want to say names of people you... I don't know, families are on my heart at the moment. I, you know, I'm really, really, really sensing that, 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 you know, in this world that we're living in, our families need protection. Yeah? Families need salvation. And praying for us as believers that we will focus on Jesus. Because I tell you what, one of the tactics of the enemy is to distract us. Yeah? And if he can distract us and get us off focus, then we're easy picking then. Yeah? And so to stay focused is a challenge sometimes, isn't it? I mean, you turn the telly on now and you've got 456 channels. Well, I don't know how many you've got. But have you ever... Do you know, I sat the other night, Rob said, do you want the remote? And I said, oh, yeah, he was listening to football on his iPad, football. But anyway, so I thought, oh, yeah, I'll see if there's anything on. Do you know, I scrolled through... I don't know how many channels I scrolled through in the end. And I thought, there's nothing I want to watch. You think I'm joking? I thought I went through all of them and I thought, I must have gone through hundreds, hundreds and hundreds. And I thought there wasn't anything. I think it was more, there was nothing within me that desired to watch anything. There's always lots to watch. But there was nothing. And I recognised something that evening. I thought, I'm not even being drawn. I'm not even being drawn to watch something. And, and I'm not wanting to sound super spiritual because I will watch things. Sometimes it's good just to chill out and watch a documentary, watch a programme, watch whatever. But sometimes the distractions are so easy and they just take us off a little bit, yeah? And the enemy can come in and come in through our thoughts, come in through whatever, um, but I want to tell you, God moves in unexpected ways. And, and it's not over. You know, <laughs> you are winning. Yeah? You're more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. But I want to tell you that as people watch us, they are going to look, I believe. You know, how, how many of you did look at other people before you got saved? Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Did you consider the way they walked, the way they talked? Yeah, yeah. So you know how important it is. 
Yeah? And, and it shouldn't... Because we'll get things wrong. Well, I always get things wrong. But it's not even about that. There's something about the Spirit of God. You know, because what God is looking for is our obedience. It's our willingness. Yeah? It's our willingness. Will we speak for him? Will we rise up for him? Will, when somebody in a room is saying something that is... And I've said it before. I mean, not so much in the job I'm in now, because I'm in an amazing job now. I don't get this as... You know, well, don't get this really. But in the job that I was in previously, often swearing was... It was everyday language. They didn't even know they were doing it. So I would say sometimes, look, I'd rather you... I don't mind listening to you, but can you just not say them words? <laughs> and they used to say it ever so nicely. Ever so nicely. And, and they'd look at me and say... And I thought, they don't even know they're saying them. It's an everyday language to them. It's just coming... So I learned very early on not to get offended. Don't get offended by that. It's their way of life. They know no better. But it doesn't mean to say we've got to tolerate it. We can actually say, look, I'd rather you didn't. Could you just leave those words out a bit? And they used to know then. Oh, Wendy didn't like us swearing. So, <laughs> and, yeah. So it, it's how to live, isn't it? And it's how to be. Did they think any less of me because I asked them to do it? Actually, I don't think so. In fact, what I discovered was there was a respect. It's upside down, isn't it? There's a respect. Because, you know, some of these people, they'll be quick enough to tell us what they, what they expect, won't they? Yeah? And sometimes we, we, we cower back, don't we? Or, we? or we take a side. But actually, we can say, if there's something offensive and we're finding difficult and we don't think it is right, then say it. But say it with, with the love and the, and the compassion that Jesus has given us. And it will change the situation. Or sometimes go further and say, well, why? Well, because actually I'm, I'm a Christian and those sort of words aren't, aren't nice for me to hear. You know, they don't feel nice inside here for me. And that opens up another conversation. But God is so good. I want, I want you to know tonight he's going to turn up in unexpected ways. But I want you to understand that we've got to keep the balance. And we keep saying it and we keep saying it. There, there are going to be testimonies in this house. There's still more to come. But part of that word is the test. Yeah? Part of that word is the challenge. Part of that word is what Jesus is going to take us through because he's maturing us because he knows that we're running a race and he wants to get us to the finish line with excellence. Yeah? Yeah? And so we will get challenged. Yeah? I don't have to look for it. It will just happen. Yeah? I'm not heaping it upon myself. It's life. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you hear. Because, you know, it is difficult. And we've talked about the God channel before. There are some good things on there. But there's a lot of stuff on there that will just build you up, build you up, build you up. And then something happens in your life and you think, but I was up here because, you know, God's going to pour all this out on me. And, but it's not happened. And then we've got a battle in our head then. Oh, God can't love me. God does love you. He loves you more than you could ever know. Yeah? And he tells us to count it or joy when we fall into various trials. Oh, yeah, lovely. It's challenging, isn't it? Let's be honest. It challenges us. But he says in Hebrews, look unto Jesus. Go back to the cross. Because there's nothing that you and me will suffer that will even come close to what Jesus did for you and me on the cross. And he's got eternity in his heart for you and for me. And I want to tell you today that when, when, we, when we live like that, when we, when we know that more and more, we'll live for others. We'll run for them. We'll run for them. Yeah? We'll think about our attitude. We'll think about our thoughts. We'll think about our deeds. We'll think about what we say. Because we're doing it for them. Your salvation is secured. Your salvation. I don't want to leave anybody out. Your salvation is secured. But we're running for them, just like that guy from that little African country. When he ran 
that marathon. He didn't. He said, it wasn't just for me. I ran it for them. I ran it for them. For your children that are not saved. Uh, just put your hands up. If you've got family members not saved, put your hands up tonight. Run it for them. Run it for them. Yeah? Neighbours, work colleagues, so on and so on and so on. People you meet in the swimming pool, people you meet down Asda, people you meet, so on and so on. Run it for them. That's what we're called to do. Yeah? So tonight, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for them. And you might just not want to say a name tonight, but you just might want to say, Lord, I'm praying for them. Yeah? But just do that tonight in this next moment. Can we just, um, maybe you speak Jesus. We speak, it's always on the list now, isn't it? We speak Jesus because it's the best thing we can speak, the best name we can speak. Speak Jesus. Lord, for them, that they will come into the kingdom, that they will know you to be Lord. Lord, that there will be encouragement for us on the journey that we'll, we'll see those times of encouragement. Lord, that you'll do it. You'll do it in their lives. You've got a breakthrough. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for the power of the cross. Begun a good work in us. Thank I you, Jesus.